Hello, welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find our podcast at babyboomertales.com. There are links to many places that our podcast exists, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tumblr, and more. We're also on Twitter now. You can find us there. There's also links to our Facebook page, to our Patreon page, where you can help us remain advertising and commercial free, to a page where you can preview and purchase our book. It's nice being able to spend a few minutes with you today. I always look forward to this. The title of today's episode is Producing a Podcast. About a year and a half ago, I wanted to do something new with my life, something that I had never done before. And so I tried to get inside of myself and find what it is I wanted to do. I didn't want to just hang around the house and rock away in the rocking chair, all that stuff. About that time, I received an email from a guy that was actually promoting his online school to learn how to create a podcast. But he had a free daily mail course that took you through the steps one by one to get you going. And then if you wish to, you could sign up for his academy and take it even further. And so I signed up for the daily email course and went through all the exercises and all the things he told me to do. And it was very, very good course that he had there online for free. And I really thank him from the bottom of my heart for helping me jumpstart becoming a podcaster. So let me just go through a few of the things he had so I can share this with you. First, he asked me, who is your podcast for? And he had me write this stuff down. And the reason I have this is because of the exercise of having to write it down step by step. And so my first answer to his question was, I wanted to reach baby boomers with stories and memories of my life. Then the next exercise he wanted me to do is he wanted me to place in my mind a person that I'm speaking to when I do my podcast and explain who that person was. And so I came up with this guy. Let me read this to you. I will call my idea listener Joe. He's a retired 69-year-old. He worked for years in middle management at a commercial door company. He always wished that he could have attended Woodstock, but was busy dealing with college and trying to avoid the draft. Now he lives in Ohio and has been married for 50 years. He had four kids, three of which are still alive and live within 100 miles of him. He also has nine grandchildren. He plays golf, though not very well. He longs to travel more of the United States, but it seems harder to do with each passing year. Well, my friend Joe lasted about the first two podcasts, and now I just speak with you all. His next question to me was, what equipment do you have to become a podcaster? And through this part of the course, he gives you ideas for microphones and headphones and editing packages and all of that. And it's because of that I have the mic and headphones set I have today. 
and he probably gave 40 different items and the pluses and minuses of each item and so I could make an educated choice on purchasing the hardware that I needed to create a podcast. His next question to me was, why should anybody listen to your podcast? And my response was, many baby boomers are now facing older age and the many maladies and problems that can be presented. I'm hoping to bring back memories and the peace that we so dearly sought after. I believe that I can do that in an entertaining and informative way. If I can help put a smile on someone's face or hope in their heart, then I will have done a good thing. I believe that God did not bring me through all this for nothing. My audience is much wider now, and I know that it includes many more than just baby boomers. For this, I'm grateful, and I understand that it is a baby boomer telling tales. That is what I'm all about now. That and the other stuff. Then his next exercise is, where would you put your podcast on the web? And I wrote, I will place my podcast on my own website that I will build. I'm not quite sure how to do this at first, but price and simplicity have to be paramount to my startup. Then I wrote that my podcast host, and I'm not sure even or even vaguely familiar with any of this process. So I built a website by myself and figured out the host situation. And his last question to me that I wrote down, we went through a lot of other steps, but I quit writing down the exercises because he had moved on to different type of hands-on exercises then. But he asked me what I would name my podcast. My response was, I am not final on the name of the podcast. If I had to name it right now, it would be something like Confessions of a Baby Boomer. The way we became Baby Boomer Tales is there was a book, something to the tune of Confessions of a Baby Boomer, something so close to that that I felt that I should not or could not use that title. And as it turned out, I feel that the name Baby Boomer Tales better suits what I do anyway. When I started doing the podcast, the biggest thing I had to get used to was my voice. Remember when you were a kid and you got those little tape recorders and you would record your voice? And you'd laugh and say, do I really sound like that? Well, that's kind of how it was. In fact, one of my very first episodes, I talked about getting used to my voice, that I felt like I always sounded like Carlton the Doorman from the TV show Rhoda. If you hadn't heard that podcast, I had mentioned that Carlton was a faceless voice over an intercom, and the joke of it was he was always drunk. And I always felt like that's how I sounded. The next hurdle I had to overcome was getting music for my podcast. One of the main things that they told me is you should have an introduction song and warned against the pitfalls of just recording something off a radio station and using it that you have to have a license to use any of this stuff. And so I had to figure out how to get this music that I was licensed to use And it turns out that nothing's free and any song you hear on any of my podcasts I have paid for and own the license to such music. 
So that's why I'm limited to 10, 12 songs. Once in a while, though, I do myself a treat and purchase a couple more songs. My next challenge, and it is an ongoing challenge, is learning how to edit my podcast. My goal is to keep my podcast at a minimum 15 minutes and a maximum 20 minutes. And there's a lot that goes on to achieve my final product. One of the main things I never wanted to do, and I don't think I have a problem with this anyway because I'm not real slick when it comes to speaking, although I used to do some public speaking, and I really like that part of it. But sitting here by myself in my office putting together a podcast I can have long moments of silence and I have to edit all that out. I also want to keep it a little bit folksy so even though when I write the English language I don't have much problem with like sentence structure ending a sentence with a preposition or any of that. When I talk I do sometimes. It may stem from back when I was younger, hanging out with the boys, and you like to talk like you think you're a hillbilly or from back in the backwoods or something, and everybody thinks it's funny and pass another beer. I keep some of that in on purpose during the editing part because I don't want it to be really sounding super professional. And like I said, I don't think I'd had that problem anyway. Also, one of the biggest challenges is when you take something out of a dialect and you insert something else, making it sound seamless. When I listen to an older podcast of mine, it's not as seamless as it is anymore, so I'm getting better at that. One thing I want to always remember to keep my podcast rated PG, I also don't want to do current events in my podcast. I just want to take you back for a little while, whatever that may be. And that brings me to the next part, is coming up with ideas. I have a legal pad that whenever I think of an idea, I jot it down so I don't forget it. I learned a long time ago that if you think of it, and that sounds like a good idea, and by the time you get around to wanting to put it on your legal pad, you have forgotten what that was. So I stop whatever I'm doing. If I'm away from the house, I just speak into my notes on my phone and transfer that to the legal pad later. But the ideas are hard. I mean, a person only does so much in their life. In my very first podcast, I tried to tell my whole life story from the time I was a little kid until present day, all in one podcast. And I've learned that you take one little event or maybe one part of an event and expound on that because you can't just be done with your podcast after just one episode. Also, because of that very thing, I've developed other things, such as Kate's General Store. To me, I feel it's a old-time radio show type thing. Boomer Tall Tales, which is a takeoff of the old Tall Tales with Pecos Bill and all that stuff. My rendition of that. We also have things like the top 10, 55 years ago. So it's very, very important to come up with new, fresh ideas because the most important thing to a podcast is to do it on a consistent basis. So I have decided to release my podcast every Wednesday morning. Every Wednesday morning. Every Wednesday morning. Every Wednesday morning. I'm not one for live podcasts where 
two or more people are talking and everybody's talking over each other and all that. I've never liked any of that on television or radio or anything. I guess I could change. A person can always change. But right now it's just me and my imagination and my remembrances and you. Why do I do this? First, like I told you, I did it because I felt I needed something to do. A hobby, a way of showing my creativity. But one of my son-in-laws told me when I first started, they listened to several of the podcasts while they were driving here from Colorado to visit us. And Ryan said, these are something that you can give to your grandchildren and pass it down. And as I thought about what he said, I remembered my grandma the last time I saw her. She was telling me a story and I was thinking, I hope I can remember this. I don't think I'm ever going to see grandma again. And she did pass away a few weeks later. And when I talk to some of my aunts, and they say the same thing. I wish I could remember what Grandma said about this or that story. Or a lot of our inheritance we give our children and our children's children are not monetary things. They should be part of who we were. Because whatever we are, they have a part of that in them. And that is handed down for generation after generation. So I do this now for my grandchildren and for their children. And yes, I still do it for me. It definitely gives me something to do. It keeps me very busy. From the time I first start making the outline for the podcast till the finished product and I publish it, it's over an eight-hour job. I know, listen to it, it's hard for you to wrap your head around that, but you should hear the very first product I do before I finally publish it. So it gives me stuff to do. That's a fact. The bitter pill. And if you plan on getting into podcasting, you might as well know about the pill now. Friends and relatives, you'd think that everyone would clamor to listen to your podcast, but that is not the case. I belong to enough of creators groups to know that some people that devastates. They can't figure it out. Years ago, I managed a Westernware store. And the man that owned the store, Jay, my very first day, I walked on a job and he said, Now listen, you cannot go to a party and see your friends wearing boots that they purchased from someone else or a jacket that you know you didn't sell and hold that against them or you will have no friends. The same way with podcasting. You just got to love them. If they listen, that's wonderful. If they don't, that's wonderful. You're not doing it for them anyway. And if you're going to get your feelings hurt because they don't listen, then you need to look inside yourself and see why you feel that way. Promoting the podcast. I have podcasts. I've promoted them through Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Tumblr, Google Play Music. And the most important one, if you're not going to put it out there anywhere else, You have to put it on Apple Podcasts. And they're the hardest. You just don't go sending it to them. They have rules and regulations and hoops you have to jump through. But 30% of all my podcasts are listened on Apple Podcasts. That's huge. That's really huge. So if you are planning on doing a podcast, you might as well right now know that you have to get cleared through Apple. And they're not easy. It took me three times, I believe, before I was accepted. But it's well worth it. They are the standard of this industry. Through those several places that I've put my podcast, I get reports from over 50 venues 
the people listen to me. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, and I listen to my podcast, and I've even published one, and then before it hits the air, I listen to it again and realize that something I said was maybe could offend somebody, or wasn't the, really the way it went down, or something. There are hundreds of different things that could go wrong. I've actually unpublished it and retweaked it and republished it at the 11th hour sometimes. Be willing to bend so you don't break. Years ago when I was lost and aimless in the world, I was probably about 19, 20 years old, had no idea what I was going to do with my life or going to do with my day even. My mom and dad gave me a book and the book was titled Something to Do, Someone to Love, and something to hope for. That helped me more than you'll ever know. The book has long since been lost, but I remember it, and I remember my mother handing it to me, and I remember that there's things in there that are still with me today. So if by chance you're wanting to do a podcast, I wish you the very, very best. It is actually a lot of fun. Now for a little part of our day we call the top 10 55 years ago that is the top 10 pop songs in 1965 number 10 it's not unusual tom jones number nine just a little the bull brummels number eight i'll never find another you the seekers number seven count me in by Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Number six, by Elvis Presley, Crying in the Chapel. Number five, Wooly Bully, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Herman's Hermits comes in at number four, Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter. Number three, Back in My Arms Again, The Supremes. Number two, Ticket to Ride, The Beatles. Number one, The Beach Boys, Help Me Rhonda, Help Me Get Her Out of My Heart. I always liked doing the top 10, 55 years ago. Great music in 1965. Hey Jerry, you want to ride to Queen Town with me? I've got to take the helium bottle back from the birthday party a couple weeks ago. We're going to just sell the balloons. We put them in little wrappers and sell 25 at a time. I don't know what I was thinking, buying 5,000 of those things. Sure, Homer. Can Sparky come? <coughs> you betcha. Come on, Sparky. <coughs> now, Jerry, when we load this helium bottle... We've got to tie it down, but, you know, I have some extra helium in that tank, and I learned a little trick. Here, watch this. Hello, Jerry. How are you? <laughs> Homer, didn't you ever know that happens when you suck helium? I don't know, Jerry. Does it? Homer, come on, we gotta get this to wheat down. Thank you so much for being with me today. It always means a lot to me. 
There is no substitute for kindness because there's no better thing. I'll be back next Wednesday.